0: Hello and welcome to another instalment of CSO Executive Sessions Australia. I'm Ed Kennedy, the editor of CSO Australia, and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Robbie Whitholm, CISO at Curtin University. Robbie, welcome. Hi everyone, pleased to be here today. To start, Robbie, can you tell us a little about your role? Certainly. Um, I'm Curtin's
1: Chief Information Security Officer and Head of Digital Identity. The outcome and value that I deliver to Curtin is twofold. The first is to keep us out of the news headlines for the wrong reasons when it comes to cybersecurity, and also to bring us into the news headlines for the right reasons, because we're enabled by cyber resilience, uh, and, and primarily that we're able to provide competitive advantage through things like our certified information security management system. I probably have the most interesting and complex size or role of any sector. Now, you might be thinking on that as someone in the industry and thinking, well, why is that the case? Uh, Let me share some insights with you. The first is that uh, our university in Perth, Western Australia, is one of the largest cities by population in Western Australia. We service roughly 40,000 students, 12,000 staff and associates and thousands of visits every day. Um, Now we have an open collaborative environment where anyone can come and access most buildings freely with limited physical barriers. We enable academic freedom, enabling our academic staff to be able to access digital resources with very few limitations. And at the same time, we need to comply with some 52 acts of legislation. The needs of our stakeholders vary considerably, and to uh, support our diverse stakeholders from first-year students all the way through to world-class researchers. We have a wide range of intellectual property and thought leaders in our environment. And we have financial constraints uh, as a non for profit organization with high regulation and caps on our ability to grow revenue. Uh, this creates a challenge uh, for my role and also the types of people that are interested from a cybersecurity perspective in our data and the information that we hold. Um, and it's, but it's incredibly rewarding.
0: What can you share with us about Curtin University's current goals in the cybersecurity space?
1: Well, Ed, I'm sure you and your uh, viewers will appreciate I can't talk about internal capability in a public forum, uh, as that is sensitive and we we don't share that outside our um, trusted partners. Um, However, what I can share at the highest level is our cybersecurity goals remain the same, which is to reduce risk uh, of curtain appearing in the headlines for the wrong reasons and to ensure we have the right security posture uh, based off our agreed risk uh, tolerance. At the same time, we continue to drive cyber resilience within our organisation and bring and make a difference within our community. This is done through several streams, as we call them, uh, covering governance, people and culture, process, and technology capability and enablement.
0: 2023, of course, follows a very, very eventful one for cybersecurity in 2022. How would you reflect on the year that was?
1: Uh, and I'm sure your previous speakers uh, in the CSO Executive Series have mentioned that 2022 was probably a year that people would rather forget. This is incredibly disruptive to all Australians, um, some many times over and highlighted in a very real way the value of individual and collective personal identity information and the impact of the loss uh, or inappropriate access of this information. I believe this has been a wake-up call for all organisations, boards, C-suites, and all levels of government across our country, but the status quo with respect to investments and focuses in cybersecurity and privacy required immediate review and change. I believe with the government assigning significant value to personal data and information following changes to the recent uh, consequences of the Privacy Act, this was a step in the right direction. However, personally, I don't feel there was enough consideration given to the impact these financial consequences can have to small, medium and non-for-profit organisations, which in many cases, if those fines and liabilities came to the maximum penalty, could absolutely shut businesses down. I think we've also missed the opportunity where government organizations have again avoided explicit responsibility or accountability for cybersecurity breaches within their own organizations. And they do hold significant personal and sensitive information. Uh, For Curtin, we're no different to any other organization. There has been and continues to be a strong focus on cybersecurity and privacy.
0: How do you see 2023 shaping up in the months ahead for cybersecurity?
1: Yeah, great question. I think it's rather difficult to predict what happens in cybersecurity. Uh, anyone in our field or industry will know the pace of cybersecurity is incredibly fast with potentially any industry in the world, uh, maybe with the exception of artificial intelligence for those watching today. Um, but two key themes I think uh, I would say for applicable for us uh, in the rest of the year is gonna be continued cybersecurity breaches and the opportunity to provide cyber resilience with respect to artificial intelligence. So, let me share a bit more about both of those themes. The first is that unfortunately, um, we're going to see more and more privacy and cybersecurity breaches. Um, Internally, I use the analogy that cybersecurity is like a game of stakes and ladders. We have adversaries or cybersecurity threat actors who are coming after us and our data. Uh, We continue to roll the dice to make progress uh, within our networks, Uh, they will continue to access our systems. If they're lucky, they'll find a the ladder and they'll continue to get towards the end of the game as fast as possible. Now, those ladders are weaknesses or vulnerabilities they're looking to exploit to get to that finish line as fast as possible so they can collect that valuable data. Um, now, this uh, what we do as an organisation internally is provide as many snakes as possible to try and bring those organisational threat actors down as far back to the beginning as possible or even try and push them out of the games uh, if we can. Um, Our our opportunity is to try and make that as uh, costly and prohibitive game as possible that cyber uh, threat actors will simply go somewhere else. Um, This organisation, I suppose this analogy uh, will will showcase that um, unfortunately a number of these organisations across Australia and the world will continue to lose this game of snakes and ladders in time, purely because they can't create enough snakes to bring those threat actors down Uh, or there's just more and more ladders being created and unfortunately it's just a matter of time. The second theme is that with increased opportunities for cybersecurity to play a role in shaping artificial intelligence in organisations, there's a role for myself and other CISOs and cybersecurity leaders to shape that narrative. Um, And I'm sure uh, viewers would appreciate the buzz and excitement and conversations that are happening right now around artificial intelligence I'm sure if you've invested in companies like NVIDIA, you're doing pretty well for yourself right now. I do see opportunities for CISOs to guide organisations uh, to establish the right guardrails, have the right conversations around risk appetite and move from blocking great capability to investigating how you can explore and exploit the opportunities that artificial intelligence can provide whilst providing the cyber resilience framework to make sure that that information that is accessed is considered from a cybersecurity and a privacy perspective to protect that very sensitive information that organizations hold.
0: What pleases you about the current state of cybersecurity in Australia? So I think the
1: first thing is that everyone is now having a conversation around cybersecurity in almost a daily occurrence. Um, I think we're going on a very similar journey to what health and safety had done some 20 years before. Um, cybersecurity is now becoming part of a conversation around dinner tables across the country. I'm encouraged by the questions that our community is now asking of organisations, including of Curtin, around how their data is being managed and secured. In turn, these conversations are translating in what are we going to be doing for cybersecurity in organisations? And is this enough to meet the challenges that we're seeing going forward? And does this meet community expectations that are increasing as a result of the events of 2022 and beyond? Um, from my conversations with industry peers and service providers across the country, it's clear that increased scrutiny and investment is coming to CISOs as a result. I believe over time, there'll be many organizations, games of snakes and ladders uh, that we played and will become more costly for threat actors to play over time as we see more investment in cybersecurity areas departments and capability. And it becomes more of a function of our organizations and not just a to the side, uh, cost central challenge going forward.
0: What concerns you about the Australian cybersecurity landscape at present? What work do you think remains to be done?
1: Yeah, so I'm quite heartened by the Australian government's ambitious cybersecurity strategy and vision for Australia to become the most secure nation in the world by 2030. However, I'm concerned that we should be focusing on cyber resilience and not just cybersecurity. What I mean by that is, um, as a society, how do we respond and adapt to cybersecurity attacks, knowing they will happen, as opposed to simply preventing cybersecurity attacks from happening in the first case? In either case, there is a lot of work to be done to meet this vision. It needs to start from all levels of government, in my opinion, shaping the expectations of government agencies, through organisations boards with clear accountability for cybersecurity and cyber resilience and targets for cybersecurity investment and funding that is commensurate with the value of the information held and the risk appetite that organisation or agencies uh, has positioned around cybersecurity at the various highest levels of the organisation.
0: What role does education play to your mind in keeping organisations cyber secure?
1: I think um, one of the immediate priorities we all need to consider is how we establish cybersecurity and digital literacy uh, within government and within our society. Uh, We need to make understanding cybersecurity and digital accessible to everyone so we can make informed decisions with respect to our individual and information that is held by organisations. We also need to make sure, in my opinion, organisations, government and academia come together to develop cybersecurity capabilities in their workforce to meet the exponential demands we're going to see over the coming years and decade. I don't believe we have the mix right yet, and this will require some investment and out of box thinking on how we approach human capital through innovative programs and minimum staffing levels to help develop the highly sought after needs of skills and capability we're going to need for our future. Um, I believe formal qualifications, degree pathways are a key mix of this training and retraining our society as we look to bolster our cybersecurity resilience in organisations. I do see higher education, including Curtin University, playing a key part of that role.
0: Robbie, you mentioned at the beginning your additional role as Head of Digital Identity. Can you share more with our audience regarding how that plays a role in cybersecurity?
1: Yes, certainly. So, uh, in 2019, when I took over the role as CISO for Curtin, our organization had considered the evolving role of uh, what is digital identity as being the new perimeter of cybersecurity. Made sense at the time to combine this role uh, with the digital identity and cybersecurity coming together just to leverage the synergies that are are held between cybersecurity and the foundational role digital identity plays in enabling folks to be able to access key data and also protect it. Um, Digital identity really is the foundation of any organization. Without having appropriate governance and management of digital identity capabilities in your organization, it's gonna be so much more difficult to secure and provide cyber resilience. For any of my peers watching out there, if you don't manage digital identity directly, I would consider how you partner with the custodian of that capability in your organization, as they are critical to drive cyber resilience as part of any cybersecurity strategy and framework.
0: What insights would you share with cybersecurity professionals keen to learn more from another professional in their field?
1: Yeah, so um, look, God are the days where cybersecurity professionals and CISOs can purely focus on keeping the lights on and maintaining the cybersecurity investments they have, waiting for their next breach or their next incident to try and seek funding. To be a successful CISO, in my opinion, you need to invest in the soft skills to be able to bridge the gap between cybersecurity and the organization. It's critical to understand that your organisation, their goals, to speak their language. An area of focus for me continues to be communication, business storytelling, negotiation, and building relationships to be a trusted partner of the organisation. I encourage my peers and aspiring leaders in the cybersecurity community to invest in these soft skills. They are such a critical capability to be an engaging leader and to be able to to ensure that you can translate and provide the cybersecurity destination in the future.
0: And with that last question, that brings us to the end of this conversation here. Thank you to those in our audience and Robbie, a special thanks to you for taking part in this chat.
1: Great, thanks for having me, it's been a pleasure.
0: Just as this has been a great conversation here, please keep an eye out for another installment soon of CSO Executive Sessions Australia.